0: All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are, in fact, free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, comment down below, upvote the video itself, it would be appreciated. I'm here for his weekly segment with Tim Thomas talking about the Ole Miss men's basketball team. Tim, it, it happened again, didn't it?
1: They played hard, man. It's really, you know, we talked about this the first of the year that it wasn't playing hard, but now they're really playing hard for Kermit, which is a good thing to say and to see. But when it gets down to the nitty gritty, they just can't score. They make stupid turnovers. They, uh, free throw issues where they, they miss at the end where they got to have these free throws. And one time, uh, one of the guys got into the lane too early, real key. And, I heard uh, Joe Klein, the uh, announcer, a, a week ago when uh, we were playing, uh, Miles Byrne, someone had grabbed him, so it was a technical. So Miles Byrne gets up there. We have two free throws, and we get the ball. So, yeah, four-point swing. He missed both free throws. Mm. And then we take it out, and we get it in on the an inbounds, and, and Abram misses a four-footer right in front of the goal. And, and that's what Klein said. He said, that's typical of Ole Miss's season. <laughs> you get a four-point swing and you don't score at all. But um, you got to admire uh, them playing for Kermit. You got to admire them putting it all out. He did again. He went to the veterans late in the game, and uh, he just didn't come through with offense, as we've talked about all year long.
0: Yeah, it's one of those games. the good news from this game. If you if you're an Ole Miss fan and watching this game and are looking for any signs of life. Matt Morrell finally had that game that we, we've been waiting on Matt Morrell to have. And if he can do that against LSU Saturday, that's a game that Ole Miss can get. Ole Miss can win that game. But LSU just beat Vanderbilt, so you don't know. But Ole Miss is in a position to where they're likely going to be favored to lose 20 games this season. You, you can expect a 20 on, on the ledger. But the key is going to be not just the LSU game. They need to get one, um, maybe Missouri or some somebody else, just so you can get that number below that 20, because that 20 just doesn't look good, man.
1: Yeah, it don't look good for them to win either. Uh, LSU game, this is a must-win if there's such a thing with a record that we have. They're 2-13. and 13, We're 2-13. and 13, We're both in the cellar. We can get out of the cellar with this one if we beat them. They just won, like you said, their second game last night against Vandy at home. So we got them at home playing pretty well, as you saw last night against Auburn, which Auburn is not a great team either. Uh, we've talked about the SEC. They're, it's heavy at the top, Alabama, which nearly got beat by South Carolina. So it, it, it's a lot of parity there, but we got to beat LSU. We need to beat them bad. It's hard to beat the AM next week. We got Missouri. Um, Away from home, it's going to be tough. So we can get this one maybe, and then maybe try to win that first game in the SEC tournament. And that's the only two wins I can see possible the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, and the way it works out, and the reason this LSU game is so important, and nobody is going to talk about how important it is, but it really is. If you want to see more Ole Miss basketball, this is why it's important. If LSU wins that game, Ole Miss is probably going into the SEC tournament as the number 14 seed and that first game to where they're going to either have to play Mississippi State, a six or seven win team that is honestly too good to be in the 11 spot in the SEC tournament. They're going to get the 14. But if Ole Miss can beat LSU, then Ole Miss would likely get South Carolina. Ole Miss can beat South Carolina. And that would allow you to potentially get into the tournament as a whole, the normal tournament portion of it. But... Beyond that, there's really not many goals for this. And, you know, we're probably going to have a coaching search in two or three weeks. And I I say, and I've, I've said this a couple of times on the podcast, Ole Miss needs somebody that can will attention. They need to get the attention on them. Somebody that can instill hope. They need somebody that the fan base can rally behind. This isn't a situation where Ole Miss needs just a good basketball coach, I don't think, Tim. I
1: agree. Uh, we need a splash hire, as you mentioned. Uh, Chris Beard is the guy I'm kind of looking at. I know people say, well, he got this, and he's been accused of this, and you've talked about it. Hey, they got to be vetted. Yeah, I know. Uh, Carter's got to vet him and, and check their story and follow up with the police and so forth and make sure everything's cool before he, he hires this guy. And I've also heard Penny Hardaway, you know, the guy – Coaches at Memphis, you know that's a splash hire if he wants to coach in SEC. And there's other guys we mentioned, the Holzman, uh, the Dusty May at uh, FAU. That's one of those guys that you say, "Well, we got one of those guys," and it didn't work out. So, it's it's uh, what do you do? It's uh, but I'm gonna leave it up to Keith Carter. I believe he has the utmost uh, authority to make this happen, and he has the ability to vet these guys and get the best guy possible. He got Lane Kiffin, as we saw. He went out and he's paid up to nine million dollars for him so i i i think he'll do well i feel like he'll get the best guy that we possibly get for the basketball team because i'm ready to play and win i don't i don't like this cellar dwelling i don't i, I want to be up there at the top with alabama that's what we ought to be looking for just like in foot football excuse me we we want to be up there with the top guys we want to play in the sugar bowl we want to play in the playoffs that's where I feel that we can be, but we need a coach that can make it happen. Who can recruit recruit will, who can really coach well, who, you know, Kermit's tactical. He's really good at that, but whatever's happened, it's hard to know. I've talked to my teammates recently and uh, he, he's, he's lost his way on these new age players, as we call it uh, NIL players. And, and he's too hard on them and he don't give them chances. He's, He's run so many away that we've seen this have done so well. Jorner and Crowley and Henson and Rodriguez and Buffen. So many guys have left here because he's been so hard on them and he don't give them chances. If they make one little mistake, he jerks them out and they don't play for another half sometimes. And it's just that though, mindset that he has, and I hate it for him, but that, that's the way it is right now. We need a change.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and – of all the names that we've heard, the one name that I think they're going to have the hardest sell is potentially one of the better G five coaches in Dusty May, and that's just because one of Ford Atlantic's losses this season actually is to Kermit Davis and Ole Miss, and it, whenever that you take into that cap, that's just going to be a hard sell. It doesn't matter that Ford Atlantic didn't come here with all their bullets in their gun. All they're going to see is that final score. But you know, I like the idea of Holtzman. The Beard situation, if he gets vetted, yes, I like that. Um, And, you know, even the Will Wade stuff, if he gets vetted as well, I'd be willing to do that, even though Will Wade has, I guess, what I would describe as a punchable face. But if he's ours, that would be okay. So I'm looking forward to this coaching search just so I can follow it because I genuinely like coaching searches, honestly.
1: Yeah, I, I don't. Prefer Will Wade either. He he may be a good coach. He may be a good a good guy to get. I, I've always thought he was a a thug. That's what I've always thought. I hate to say that, but I, I'm just my opinion, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope you know things work out. That he you know he maybe he's changed. Maybe he's uh, this has made him change through all this. You know if that's possible. But, you know I Carter he'll vet him and, and check him. And uh, now whatever he done in the past with all the money money given. I guess it's legal now. Nil right. So mm-hmm. Will Wade. I guess he's the best at it, so maybe he is the one we need to look at.
0: Yeah, the question becomes, when it comes to Ole Miss basketball, because you almost have a situation with the men's team, with what Coach Yo came in on the women's side a few years ago, whoever takes the job, they're going to have to recruit, and they're going to have to recruit lights out, and they're going to have to transfer a portal, because they're going to have to basically overhaul this whole team, and this isn't a one-year thing. Do not expect a rapid result type situation. This It's at the point right now, it's looking at a year three, and it's like, hey, year three, let's go. Almost like Rob Evans was when he got to Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, I was thinking about it. That's true. I was thinking about it the other day. I was thinking, how many players on our team, all these recruits and recruits we got coming in, which seem to be good, how many can play pro? To play the SEC, you got to have a couple, at least two, three the more the merry but a couple and you know we've talked about morale maybe can he play pro he's got the ability to jump in the, he can't shoot at times when he's on uh who, who else who else you see as a long-term pro prospect Do you can you thank anybody steven i can mm-hmm. so you got uh, a couple guys that's maybe, maybe borderline four years yeah, maybe you know Devontae Shuler and, and Tyree were really good. They're still in the G League or whatever league it is, or maybe playing in Europe. I'm talking about somebody who can play in the big big uh, NBA, even be in the All Star uh, competition. You know, as we're about to see. Uh, and I was watching something the other day, Kessler, the guy from Florida, and several other guys. The guy from Alabama, uh, Sexton. You know, that they're, they're NBA All Stars, and in Alabama's team right now, they got several guys that. Or NBA type players that are going to play on the top level, not the G League or uh, your parent league. They're, they're going to be in the top levels. And and that's what I'm saying. If you're going to win, you got to have those players. It's good to have Abram. I no mean, doubt he's good. Caldwell's got a lot of ability. Several of these got breakfield at times, looks good. He's probably our what our most valuable offensive players go yeah, Absolutely.
0: Yeah, no but who, who's our
1: defensive player, Stephen? Who is our best? Defensive MVP, who do you think MVP?
0: Oh, it it would be Miles Burns, but he's so offensively challenged. I mean, Miles is my boy. Everybody knows that. But he took it to the whole wheel. I was proud of him last night, a Mm -hmm. couple
1: games, even the state game. You realize, you may have seen it. The last two games, he said 13 steals combined, the last two games. Is that unbelievable? You see some players don't have that many in their whole career, or at least for a year. That just—he's he, a hustler, a go-getter. I know why you like him. I love him too. Yeah. I enjoy. I considered myself not a Miles Burns with that talent, but I was a defensive player. I was a rebounder, and if I didn't do that, I didn't play. I wasn't offensively. I was offensively challenged. I've talked about. I could score inside, short shots, kind of like a Robert Allen. Robert Allen last night goes out, and throws up a three. I heard the announcer say, what? Because <laughs> he's like me. He don't belong out right there. He might hit one out of ten. One out of 11, but. Uh, yeah, that's
0: still 8% or 9%. Uh, it's sometimes
1: not. Our team just does the, you say stupid. I don't know. There are things that they do, basic basketball principles, and they don't even do them. So it, it's something that uh, hopefully will get us a new coach here. I'm for it. I, I think it, I talk to my teammates. They're, uh, they're for it. They, they say there needs to be a change, and uh, we'll see how Keith Carter comes through, and he does his job, and hopefully get us a great person in here, a great coach, that can really recruit and bring us back up to the top.
0: Yeah. And Tim, talk about you went back to Oxford for the championship celebrations over the state weekend. Talk a little bit about that weekend before we get out of here.
1: Yeah, it was for the 2013 group mostly. Uh, uh, Marshall Henderson, I saw Snoop White and uh, Milly House Kid. Uh, it was mostly for them. They had a video from Andy Kennedy and uh, Buckner, some of the other guys that had played that couldn't make it. But it was just kind of a celebration. They brought them in at halftime and announced them and, and got them a good – good. Uh, it was a good crowd there, actually. Of course, the baseball team, they just got through winning over Delaware. And it, I think it ended up being like 7,000 uh, folks, just a little bit more than the ladies game. Uh, so it's, it was a good, decent crowd for that time of day and this time of the year. So that, that was a good part of it. It was mainly for them just to celebrate the 10-year reunion uh, we had our we had a 20 year reunion uh, several years back, the one that I was a part of in 1981. That's been a while ago for a lot of you guys. I think Stephen, how old were you now? Tell me again. Uh, five years. Well, I was five, oh, yeah, I was I was
0: five, five years old. old.
1: So, uh, it, it, but it was a great time, uh, tremendous, uh, period of my life, sports wise, that, uh, we had to rate up to the highest.
0: Yeah. It's pretty good. And remember for everybody, the LSU game, this LSU game is actually important. For a player like Miles Byrne this, this absolute leaving everything out on the court, I just want him to get another W. I want him to get a win. I want him to feel good because he's given absolutely everything he has to the Ole Miss basketball team. Um, he might be a, a minus outside shooter. And in this age of college basketball, that's a problem but he's done everything that he possibly could do. And probably right now, he's our second best player behind Jamin Brakefield.
1: True. And uh, defensive-wise, like we said, he he is the MVP of the team. He's a hard worker, this guy. You just watch him work. He's, he's like a magician. He he sees things ahead of it. He sees that the pass coming. He gets Auburn last night. He saw several passes coming. And when he gets the ball and he's wide open, he knows what to do with it. And he has some impressive dunks, probably – him and Rail have probably the best dunks on the team, but he, he's, he really gets up. He's 6'6". He's going to play somewhere uh, above the, the, the college ranks. I don't know how far he'll get. We'll see. But there are a lot of teams, even in the pros, that would love someone like that guy, someone that puts out, someone that don't just play hard. He gets it done. Do, like we talked about, 13 steals in two games. That's not ain't even thought of. So I, I look forward to seeing him playing. if not the NBA Big level, but at least the G League. I think he's going to get a chance to play.
0: Yeah, he he, he essentially needs a shot walker or not a shot doctor, I should say. Yeah. Just sit outside the arc, shoot threes over and over again till he gets proficient at it. Because defense three point shot, if he can do both of those, he'll play for ten years. A lot of them practice. I know Morrell's been practicing.
1: You know he has been trying to get it, but but in the game time, it's totally different. Mm -hmm. You put your hand up to get ready to shoot the ball, and and, in practice, you just kind of, yeah, everything's great and good. in the game, man, it's a totally different ball game. You got the jitters. You got the crowd. You got someone that's right there in front of you. You can smell their breath. They're so close to you. They, they're putting their arms on you. They're got they doing this and that. They, they hack at your elbows and hit your wrist. So he, he's got a lot going through, even getting open. He has to work hard, even getting open. You know, you think, I'd be tired just trying to get open. And then he's got to make a three-point shot. But he did it last year. Hopefully it'll come to him before the end of the year and, I hope he gets a chance to play pro if that's what he wants to do.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first. And Listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand-new podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Tim, thank you so much for stopping by after the LSU game next week. Hopefully, we pick up a W over the weekend. As this thing gets closer to the end, maybe we'll start hearing names and kind of get an idea of what they're planning on doing.
1: Yeah, I, I believe it's kind of out there already. I, I got a feeling Keith has already talked to Kermit. I could see his face less. That Kermit's face looked a little less stressed. He like he was loose. Even the team was loose. They're mm-hmm. like, what What do we have to lose, man? We, we won, we've lost 13 in the SEC. It seemed like they were playing looser. He was giving them more chances to mess up a few times before he was jerking them out. So it looked like a little bit different. I, I think they'll do well against LSU. And, uh, hey, we got baseball coming up this weekend. Let's cheer them on. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Anyway, Tim, take care. Hottie toddy, buddy. Hottie toddy.